0: My father fought in World War II and put his life on the line defending the United States. He was proud of his military service. He believed America was the greatest country on earth. He felt a strong bond with others who served and he would have challenged anyone who called him unpatriotic. Yet, were he alive today, my father would have understood why many of today's athletes are taking a knee during the national anthem. After my father returned to North Carolina in 1943 as a decorated war veteran, he remained the target of overt racism. There were restaurants that refused to serve him, colleges that wouldn't admit him, neighborhoods where he couldn't live. That was his reality as a black World War II veteran returning to a country where racism against him was blatant. Those experiences and many others led to my father becoming a peaceful protester during the 1960s, despite being a World War II veteran. My father loved this country, but he wasn't afraid to challenge it when he believed people were being mistreated. He never wanted America to stop making progress, and it most definitely has. I'm so grateful that I've had many opportunities that my father never had. However, If my father could see all the things that have happened in 2020, if he saw the way George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery were murdered, if he read about Breonna Taylor's death, there's no way I can imagine my father looking at me this Sunday when we're getting ready to watch the game and saying, son, why did those guys take a knee? Welcome to Black in the NFL. I'm your host, Clifton Brown. I've been covering professional sports and some of their biggest stars for more than 30 years at the New York Times, Sporting News, Comcast Sportsnet, and now here with the Baltimore Ravens. This is episode two of Black and NFL, entitled To Kneel or Not To Neal. My guests are Ravens defensive players Calais Campbell and Matthew Judon, former NFL tight end Benjamin Watson, and journalist Steve Weich of NFL Network, the first reporter that Colin Kaepernick talked to about his reasons for protesting during the National Anthem back in 2016. Episode one of Black in the NFL was entitled, Shut Up and Play, in which we heard from Ravens quarterback Robert Griffin III on why more players are kneeling today than in 2016 when Kaepernick began the movement. We also heard from Dr. Harry Edwards, a close confidant of Kaepernick's, and Nate Boyer, a former NFL long snapper and Green Beret, who advised Kaepernick to kneel instead of sit alone on the bench during the National Anthem. Since kneeling remains such a polarizing act, we'll take a deeper dive in this episode. You'll hear why Campbell and Judon both knelt in 2017 in London after President Trump referred to all players who knelt as SOBs. You'll hear why Watson never knelt despite being an outspoken fighter for social justice. You'll hear the inside story on how Weiss became the first reporter to speak with Kaepernick about his protests and Kaepernick almost never does interviews. Weiss has strong views on kneeling, yet he doesn't kneel himself when he's covering games in the press box. We'll discuss all of this, starting with Steve Weiss, who described his one-on-one interview with Kaepernick that awakened the world to his protests. As we enter this episode of To Neil or Not To Neil. White had been tracking Kaepernick's social media posts in 2016 and knew that the young quarterback was finding his voice on social issues. When White saw Kaepernick sitting during the national anthem at a 49ers preseason game, he knew something was up. Nobody asked Kaepernick about it during his post-game press conference. So Weiss pulled him aside and got the scoop. It wasn't a Q&A type form. It was two cats having a conversation. Right.
1: You know, and then when the tape recorder went off, you know, a lot of the things we discussed about, Steve, I know a lot of people are going to say, what's this biracial guy from Turlock, California, who grew up in a white area, What's he doing being the guy speaking on this? Right. He's like, but I've seen what's happened this summer. And the way I grew up actually opened my eyes to racism because I grew up in a mainly white area with very few black people. I felt it. I heard conversations change when you walk into a room with, you know, my parents and their friends. Yep. And I grew up the same way. So there we really were seeing the world through the same lens. Right. So I think that really helped me shape the context of everything, but Cliff, I thought it was very important. If you go back and look at the lead of the original story, it did not explain the action, but why he took the action, and that was to protest police brutality. That was something that was not picked up on the following days by the media, but from day one, the lead paragraph of the story explains why he did this, and the emphasis was not on what he did.
0: So how did the message in your mind get so hijacked to where for years we just hear these guys are protesting the military, protesting patriotism? How did that get hijacked so quickly and so thoroughly? But Cliff, that's the first thing that comes to people's mind
1: when you do something, the you know, when you tread on the stars and bars. Oh, it's an affront to the military. It's an affront to the people who sacrificed their lives for our freedoms. I mean, in any realm, remember Chris Jackson, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf right. went through the same thing. Remember the NBA right. had an anthem policy. This is back when you and I were covering the NBA right, split. Right, right, right. And he just didn't, he didn't look, he didn't recognize the playing of the national anthem. He got suspended. So, but anytime anybody has burned a flag or said something negative against a flag, it's, hey, it's an affront to the military. And, and I get it. But the fact that the media did not take the time In the moment, that was the thing. It was the moment of American history when black people were being recorded over and over, being shot by bad police officers doing bad who were getting acquitted over and over or not getting charged over and over. The fact that that was missed was a a damn shame because the public is always going to have its opinion no matter what. You can tell a story a certain way and two different people are going to look at it and have two different opinions. Mm -hmm. But the fact that so many people in the media were so hung up on the action and not the reason or the purpose um, was was really a damn shame. What hurt in that aspect also is so few players stood up. Mm-hmm, and Cap mm-hmm. said he didn't ask anybody else to to have his back. This was something right. he decided to do by himself. Right. But the fact that so few players who were so scared of what eventually happened to Cap happening to them, I think, really hurt. His message and his cause, and led to so many people sticking to a
0: narrative for years before it actually seemed to register why and why that was important. We'll hear more from Steve later on in this episode, but let's move forward to 2017 when the Ravens faced the Jacksonville Jaguars at Wembley Stadium. Two days earlier, President Trump had ripped into NFL players during a speech in Alabama. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL
1: owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out. He's fired. He's
0: fired. Players around the league were furious. And the Ravens in Jacksonville were kicking off about 48 hours later at 9 a.m. Eastern time in London, the first game since Trump's comments. Would Ravens and Jaguars players kneel in protest? If so, how many would deal, and what would be the repercussions?
2: We just got our first glimpse of what figures to be an eye-opening day in the NFL. In the first NFL game
1: since the president's comments, we saw many players take a knee on both sidelines, several other players locking arms in unity.
0: Please help me welcome Ravens Pro Bowl defensive lineman Calais Campbell one of the NFL's most respected players and the reigning Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Take us back to 2017, Calais, when you took a knee in London while playing for Jacksonville. By that time, it had already become popular for people to link kneeling with disrespect for the military. And I know your late father served in the Vietnam War. So how much conflict were you going through, whether to kneel or not at that time?
3: I think what it really came down to is, is I, never, I never saw it as negative to the flag, negative to the, the military or negative in any way uh, uh, possible. I feel like it was only a protest to create awareness for issues that are going on in our country that have to be dealt with. Oppression, racial injustice that you know, I see every day amongst my people. You hate to see people who pay their taxes, people who go through all the things that everybody else goes through to just get that extra bit of discrimination that affects their daily well-being. To much as given, much as required. And I'm given this uh, this platform and, and, and these resources and all these, these abilities to help people. So uh, for me, I chose a nil that first time because I wanted to show the guys it's okay if you want a kneel, if you want to stand for something, or whatever it may be, that it's okay. Now, I, at the time, had a different way of trying to create change in America. I didn't think kneeling was for me. I always respected everybody who did kneel and I understood what they, why they were doing it. I just think it was for me. Mm-hmm. So that was the original plan. But the first time I did it, though, because a lot of guys wanted to, but they were afraid of getting cut or how it will, how will affect them. So it was more just making sure they understood that I'll there with you and show you that it's okay if you want to stand for something.
0: Right here, I should have asked Calais a follow-up question to clarify why he originally felt that kneeling wasn't for him. I'll do that the next time we talk. But I think I may understand some of Campbell's original reluctance to kneel. Because I believe that no matter who you are, kneeling is still an act that carries stigma. Campbell is a pillar of the community, the reigning NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year. He gets things done in the community. People of all ages and races love Calais, and he brings people together. Not only is he respected, he's a commanding presence. His voice is so deep, he can make ordering a cheeseburger and fries sound like the Ten Commandments. But even if you're a black man of Campbell's stature, some people will still want to dictate how you express your anger. It's like, you can be upset when George Floyd is murdered, but you can't take a knee. You can paint Breonna Taylor's name on your spikes, but you can't take a knee. Not you, Calais. We don't expect that from you. But I digress. While Calais had decided that the right thing for a leader to do in that moment was show his teammates that it was okay to kneel, the Ravens locker room was searching for its leader. Linebacker Matthew Judon remembers the Ravens locker room being tense before the game, with players trying to figure out what to do.
4: In our organization, at that point, I believe nobody had kneel, but I felt like Trump had attacked like one of our our brothers, right, and we were just kind of like looking for answers and guidance. It was just like some of the older guys talking about it. We supported Cap and what he was doing, right. But we was just like, "All right, let's go win these games." We was in the fight, but we was behind the scenes, right. But since you want to call us out at this time, it's no time to actually play the defense we we took a stance for something and uh we've been taking that stance ever since so we all took a knee but it hasn't been a continuous thing i know like players like Kenny Stills, Avery yeah they've been they've been taking a knee every game and and it's other players and you know i'm 100% with it if that's what they want to do but this year i've been taking a knee every game and i think i'm, I'm going to continue to do it I don't ever want to question people for not taking the knee, but, but I think, uh, I think a bigger question that people should be asked is like, what type of side are you on? Like, how do you feel about these things? And I think, I think a lot of people in, in the NFL and a lot of players that don't take a knee. I feel like, I feel like everybody that actually has to talk about this situation are the people that has taken a knee. I feel like as reporters, Y'all got to start asking the people that's not taking a knee some of these questions and just to hear their heart.
0: Well, I took Judon's suggestion. There are many viewpoints on kneeling. I talked to Benjamin Watson, a man who is very well versed and well spoken on issues of racial injustice. He's traveled the world trying to help oppressed people, but he didn't take a knee in London that day and he never did after. Let's hear what he remembers about playing in London that day as a member of the Ravens who decided not to kneel. That time was crazy.
5: (laughs) Um, (laughs) We were obviously out of the country. And the last thing you want to hear when you're out of the country is your elected leader, whether you voted for him or not, he represents you, calling you as well as others that are in your locker room, S.O.B. I remember the time vividly. And we were the first games to play, clearly, right. that weekend because we were in London, so we were going to play a few hours earlier. So whatever right. we decided to do, uh, we were kind of leading off. Absolutely. And I think we got the news either late that Friday or early that Saturday morning over there. And I, like all the other guys, we were really shocked. Just to, to let you know how we felt, I mean, guys were were literally in tears. Just thinking about their families back home that we were away from, thinking about the fallout from the President of the United States saying that, and how that was being internalized, not only by us, but by you know our wives, our children, our mothers and fathers that were back home, our communities back home. And so th- there was really just a really emotional response. And I can remember talking to Johnny Shelton, guys were talking to Johnny, the, the chaplain. Mm-hmm. During our chapel service, guys were praying, really trying to figure out what to do. And before the game, nobody knew what, what was going to happen. Mr. Biscotti came down and actually uh, had conversations with some of us and said, you know, whatever guys want to do, I support you 100%. If you want to stand, if you want to kneel, if you want to jump up and down and do jumping jacks, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to support you as as players. And, and that was very comforting, I think, hearing it from him, from Kotharba, from from the, the, the Ravens' leadership, that they understood the turmoil that we were in
0: trying to decide how to react. Why didn't Watson kneel? He gives an in-depth answer. When Colin first knelt, I had tore my Achilles in Baltimore
5: that year. And I was unable to play. I couldn't stand or kneel if I wanted to. <laughs> and I recalled the reasons why I had stood up for the National Anthem like everybody else had for, for most of my career, for, for all of my life. And as I stand for the National Anthem, people think about different things. I've always thought about, as I stood, I thought about my grandfather who worked on a naval base, but he couldn't use the same bathroom as the prisoners of war who were from Nazi Germany. He had to go around the corner because he was black. I thought about my father being called names when he, he helped to integrate schools in Norfolk, Virginia. I thought about my mother, I thought about all these people that I'm not even related to in the struggle as I stand for the National Anthem and look at the flag. Some people think about people that are military, that's fine. Whatever you think about. But I've always stood for their honor. I think about the 54th of Massachusetts who fought in the Civil War. And as I stand there before every football game with is, I'm saying, you know, I'm standing in your honor. In the honor of this country and the sacrifices you made to make this country. And so up until 2017, kneeling wasn't really a thing. And so for me, being an older player at that time, and then coming back and playing for several more years, I didn't kneel in part, to be quite honest. It's because if I knelt for uh, police brutality, which I believe there is, if I knelt for racial inequality, which I believe we still deal with, I didn't see a time when I am in, in the foreseeable future where I would ever be able to get up. Wow, and so for me i I support any player who decides to express themselves in kneeling to bring awareness i I, I love it. I didn't do it because, like I said I was, a, I was an older player. I had already been involved with many things it wasn't It wasn't my mode of protest. There are many modes of protest, you know Some are kneeling, some people stand, some people write, some people advocate and raise money, some people speak, you know they do a bunch of different things. It's just one mode of it, right. But I also felt like, you know, if I if I kneel, then I don't quite know when I can ever get up because as far as we've come, as much progress as we've made and you've heard it, you know, that there still are are issues for sure that collectively we need to combat. And I don't know in the, in the horizon when there's going to be in a place where I won't kneel. And that day I didn't as well because. If I hadn't knelt before, if that hadn't been my, my mode of protest before, I mm-hmm. was not going to let the president dictate mm-hmm. what I was going to do. Although, although a lot in me went to say, you know what you say, <laughs> you say <laughs>
0: kneelers,
5: you know, gotta leave. Well, how, how about this? I'm going to kneel. I, right. I definitely felt that for sure. Right. But, but I decided that, you know what, I'm going to stand and say, we locked arms, we pray. We held hands with our brothers who weren't again. You know, anybody could do whatever they wanted to do.
0: The players who knelt in London faced plenty of heat from fans who weren't happy. At least the players knew owner Steve Bashadi was supporting them. Just minutes after Ravens players knelt in London, Bashadi issued this statement. Quote, We recognize our players' influence. We respect their demonstration and support them 100 percent. All voices need to be heard. That's democracy in its highest form, end quote. But as teams around the league heard from their fans and there were many calls and emails pouring in, the tone from some owners began to change. Some owners, most notably Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, quickly changed their position. First, Jones knelt with his players for one week in 2017, but then he reversed course, saying, quote, we cannot in any way give the implication that we tolerate disrespecting the flag, end quote. The players made their voices heard with their silent act of kneeling. The opposition came screaming with their dissent. Let's hear from Calais Campbell again. Now, how much negative blowback did you get after you knelt in Jacksonville?
3: Uh, a bunch from the outside world, my inner, inner circle, the people who I value their, their influence, I value their opinions, they were very encouraging and they actually wanted me to kneel <laughs> well before. I have a lot of, a lot of friends and family who have served and when you talk to those guys, you know, they're like, yo, man, we fought for the right for you to have free speech and, and the ability to protest. You know, that's a constitutional right. It's a peaceful manner. They were very encouraging. But the narrative got switched for whatever reason. The narrative became that it's disrespectful to the military when, you know, i I've never seen it that way. And, uh, you know, a lot of people do, but they're not really hearing the message. And that's the thing we have to, we have to start communicating to a point where they can hear us. Absolutely.
0: Why did you only kneel once with the Jags? And do you wish more players would have knelt for all teams back when Colin first was kneeling in 2017
3: and 16? Well, we're stronger in numbers, that's for sure. The more people do something, the easier it's going to be done. I felt like it would have been more beneficial to have more people kneeling, you know, early on to create change, mm-hmm. but I felt like there was another way for me, so I was trying to do things in the community, you know, I roll my sleeves up and get dirty, but at the same time, i realized now so much more how much power it had. That's something that was, you know, was huge, you know, is just understanding the influence that kneeling would have in the national narrative of oppression and trying to make this world a better place. So I wish I would have nailed more. I wish I would have nailed from the beginning and, and kept nailing because I felt like the conversation is coming on stronger. And now we have a lot of momentum, but we could be further along. So many lives that, you know, that are in danger and people who've died in the last three or four years that, you know, maybe if we could have got some laws passed and legislation that would have made some difference that might have saved a few lives.
0: Watson remembers a compelling encounter he had with a Ravens fan outside the Under Armour Performance Center as he was leaving practice the following week. The result is what happens when two people who disagree make the effort to communicate honestly. And I remember leaving the facility
5: one morning, a couple days after we got back from London, and there was a a man uh, right there in Owens Mills, right in front of the sign to the Ravens facility, and he was planting. Small American flags, right in front of the sign. He had about a hundred of them that he was hmm. just sticking in the ground. Just sticking mm-hmm. them in the ground, American flags, American flags. And I saw him, and I pulled over, and I got out. Now you know what he might be thinking of seeing me <laughs> 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 <Be> <laughs> and so careful, right, get right. out
2: of the car. Be careful, right? I
5: get out of the <laughs> car. And I say, "How you doing, sir?" What are you doing? And he's like, you know, I'm playing the flag because people in this building, they don't understand how to respect the flag. Mm. I said, sir, you know, I'm I'm one of those people in this building. And I can tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that everyone in that building loves this country. You know, right. we, we want the best for, for America. And even the guys that decided to kneel, they love America, too. They want America to be better like we all do. And then he responds, I have family members that were in the the military and even fought in the revolution. I said, you know, sir, that's great. There are guys in that locker room that have family members that fought in the revolution, that fought in the military, and are actually police officers. And so I, I respect what you're doing here, but I just want you to know, sir, that we love America as well. And he looked at me and he said, thank you. Thanks for saying that. And just that small conversation, I don't know where he went from there, I ended up going home from there, but I do know that that he had a certain idea about me and about people like me in that locker room. Right. I probably had an idea about him, seeing him planting these flags, Mm -hmm. but being willing to sit down there and actually talk about the issues and bring some humanity to the conversation goes a long way. That's what we're having more of now. That's what we definitely
0: weren't having then, and that's what we need more of in the future. The decision to kneel forces a player to think about many things, even one as outspoken as Judon. I've um, heard you talk about you wish more players had knelt back when Cap was doing it. Do you wish you had been one of those players? And if you had done it, how do you think it would have impacted your career, if at all?
4: Honestly, I don't think it would have impacted my career. I think I would have got, I think I would have had less fans, maybe less people that like me. I feel like if anybody ever is actually around me or come to like a signing I do, I feel like they they be like, okay, this, this is the type of person he is. I don't really know if I if I wish I would have nailed earlier, probably. But it was like not too many guys around here doing it, and I don't want to say I wanted to be a follower or nothing, but I was I was not like I was now. You know, I was kind of a low man on total pole at that time and I was like just getting my feet wet in the NFL media didn't really want to talk to me. So maybe I would have skated by or maybe it would have just been like Pew's thing for the Ravens and then maybe I would have been gone. Uh I, I honestly don't know. I do think that it's a lot of guys around this organization, like upstairs, that uh didn't treat us like that. They understood where we were coming from. They actually helping us out a lot. And I wish I would have asked more questions just when Cal was taking the knee to those guys. In
0: 2020, Judon, Campbell, and others who kneel are not nearly as alone as they were in 2017. Players all over the league are doing it. And more people seem to understand why they are doing it. This summer, Saints quarterback Drew Brees sounded like he was still stuck in 2017 when he made these comments about players who kneel. I will never agree with
2: anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country.
0: Even some of his own teammates were offended. And Ravens Hall of Famer and New Orleans native Ed Reed responded to Brees as only Reed can. I see Drew Brees trying to do his part in keeping black folk down. You're a straight sucker for that, Drew Brees. Why you think all these young people out here protesting? Punk, man. In less than 24 hours, Brees was apologizing for those remarks. Blasted for trying to connect kneeling with disrespecting the military.
2: I know there's not much that I can say that would make things any better right now. But I just want you to see in my eyes how sorry I am for the comments that I made yesterday. I know that it hurt many people. I wish I would have laid out what was on my heart in regards to the George Floyd murder, Ahmaud Arbery, the years and years of social injustice, police brutality, and the need for so much reform and change in regards to legislation and so many other things to bring equality to our black communities. I am sorry. And I will do better, and I will be part of the solution.
0: Ben Watson spoke to Breeze, his former teammate, after his controversial comments. Here's Watson's take on it.
5: The thing is, this is nothing new. If people remember and recall, Drew said the very same thing way back in the beginning, you know, several years ago. It just came afresh, I think, this year. And in in speaking with him, you know, I don't need to recap everything he said to me because he said it well himself, but he admit that he should have been more sensitive in the way he spoke. The reaction was what it was. And the reaction was understandable. 100%. You look at the people closest to him, the guys in, in the locker room that are with them every day, his friends around the league. The fact that they said, you know what? This guy admitted he messed up. He meant it in the fact that when he looks at the flag, he stands in honor of the people in his family. And, and he wants other people to do the same thing. That, that is a valid, feeling and it is totally fine for him to feel that way but he said he missed out on this other part of it this other side of it which he should have been more aware of people care about what you say they also care about how you respond when you offend someone else whether you meant to or not Mm -hmm. and the way he responded
0: uh, i think speaks for itself the brutal videotape of george floyd being murdered was a reckoning for many people in America, forcing them to come to grips with the issue of police brutality that Kaepernick boldly confronted four years earlier. This June, I was shocked when I turned on my laptop and saw a videotape released by NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell in which he said this. We, the
2: National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL
0: players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. I listened to those words, turned off my laptop, and walked into my bedroom just to make sure I wasn't in bed dreaming. Then I returned to my laptop and listened to the commissioner again, just to make sure I heard him right the first time. Let me make this clear. I'm not shocked that the commissioner said Black Lives Matter, but I was shocked to hear him admit the league was wrong for not listening to players earlier. That was a total 180 I didn't see coming has been watching again. Look, when Commissioner
5: McGill made his video, I, I was as surprised as everybody else was. I spoke with him personally. I thanked him for it because whether it came too late or too early, look, whatever the fact it came, And good can come from whatever the motive is behind it. Uh, I think the commissioner uh, has tried to do some great things. I think that he's been late on several things as well. But I do think that the league has a great opportunity. This summer moment, 2020, has not only been an awakening culturally, but I think within the league it has been. And so now, we see organizations top to bottom uh, trying to find the best ways to not only support players and get the players a voice, but also to let communities know the city that they're in, that they care. Uh, and whether that's about them trying to be on the right side of this movement, whatever, it, who
0: cares? The fact that it's happening um, is important and great. Indeed. Things have definitely changed for NFL players since Kaepernick first started kneeling. So let's bring back Steve Weich and ask him where he thinks we are in 2020. It seems clear that the atmosphere has changed regarding the public's view towards players who kneel. They seem to be more open to the idea. Do you think that's because we saw what we saw with George Floyd And now more people understand why black athletes want to kneel as a form of protest.
1: It's an interesting question because I'm going to answer it like this in terms of more people understanding. Yes, I do think more people understand. But in terms of the overall aspect of it, with with my what my feeling is, is this when you talk about the public, I think it's more of a younger audience, so to speak, who's been about it, who's been in the streets all summer for Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. It's been young people, right? So four years ago, when Colin Kaepernick started this, the people who are in the streets today might've been 14, 13, 12 years old, four years ago. So they might not have had the energy or understood what's going on. So now they've grown up, right? Four years ago, the voices we heard complaining and arguing and pushing back were people who, Cliff, honestly, are you're my age, right? They're <laughs> they're middle-aged, but right. mainly white males who were pushing back, who your longtime season ticket holders who've been taking their kids to Bills games or Packers games or whatever's games for, for generations. And so I think the change we're seeing when it comes to the public is more of a generational shift then all of a sudden people having open hearts. And, and the, the reason I want to really emphasize that part is think back to 2016 when Cap did this. What's different? Not much. In society, <laughs> we had a presidential election. It was very heated and polarized with Hillary and Trump. You had Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, get shot on recorded videotape, unarmed black people, shot by police, It it was the same, it was the same stuff that happened this year. And that's why I'm saying the public shift has been more to a generation of young people who saw that four years ago and they were young, but didn't know what to think. See it again on replay this year. And they're like, Oh no, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. I think that's more of, of why we're seeing the change in tenor than all of a sudden a bunch of people having bleeding hearts.
0: In my opinion, Steve raises an interesting point that doesn't get enough attention. There's so much speculation about the NFL losing fans because players are kneeling and speaking out on social issues. What about the money the NFL stands to gain if it appeals to a younger generation that clearly cares about social issues? As an NFL insider, Weiss recognizes that the league's pivot on social justice could also be related to finances. More young people are rallying around social justice and the league wants to reach a younger audience. According to a Yahoo news, YouGov poll done in July after Roger Goodell made his black lives matter video, 52% of Americans answered yes to the question. Is it okay for NFL players to kneel during the national anthem to protest killings of African-Americans? When that question was asked in 2018, Only 35% agreed with kneeling to protest. Among Americans aged 18 to 29, 68% say they strongly support kneeling, while only 36% of those over 65 years old support kneeling. So if you're an NFL owner, which fans would you rather appeal to? The 68% of 18 to 29-year-olds who support players kneeling? the 68% who have the potential to be your future season ticket holders or the over 65 year olds, the 36% who don't support players kneeling. Speaking of shifts in perspective, we talked about what Jerry Jones' stance was against kneeling in 2017. This September, Don Terry Poe became the first Cowboys player to kneel during the national anthem. As for his reaction the next day, Jones took a measured tone. Quote, Our players, I thought they gave it the sensitivity, Jones said. They showed respect to Poe's decision there. They did show a sensitivity to our fans as a team. All in all, I thought our team was very real and very genuine in the way we approached it. End quote. Let's bring back Steve Weiss to talk more about where the league is now on the issue of kneeling. How much do you think teams are still wrestling with the dilemma of worrying about fans being turned off by players kneeling and trying to deal or attract this younger crowd you spoke about who are more socially progressive i think we're seeing more and more owners
1: look at what nascar did (laughs) believe it or not like whoa nascar the ultimate like open bastion of the of the confederacy said bump that we're going to we're going to support Bubba Wallace we're going to support some of the Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter movement and of course that alienated a significant amount of their fan base but you know what it perked up the antennas of younger people people who may have been fringe NASCAR fans to tune in a little bit look Cliff you and I both know when it comes to NFL ownership and whatever political donations the movements and what they want Mm -hmm. it all goes with the money and if all of a sudden this 18 to 35 year old demographic that they've had a hard time getting into is following some of these social movements, empathetic causes, things like that, then maybe let's, let's change our ways and see if we can get that audience in there. It may alienate some of these people who've been sitting in our stands for 30 years, but you know what, those people's kids might be part of this as well.
0: teams are beginning to welcome more fans back into stadiums around the league. What's going to be the reaction when fans at M&T Bank Stadium see Ravens players kneeling and have a chance to voice their approval or disapproval? How are fans going to react at other venues around the league? With support? With outrage? Or with apathy? We're going to find out, and it's going to be interesting. Steve has some thoughts about where the issue of kneeling is headed.
1: Okay, now the first week, the network showed the Lift Every Voice and Sing the Black National Anthem, and then the playing of the National
0: Anthem.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please join us in a moment of silence dedicated to the ongoing fight for equality in our country.
1: I think what's interesting, and it's just such an unanswered question. How would it be if we had, you know, we didn't have this pandemic, which would help us keep our eye on some of these social issues and we had full stadiums. Right. Would some of these owners still be feeling and taking some of the steps they're taking in terms of embracing some of these social justice causes just two years after they implemented a national anthem policy cause?
0: Right. I mean, do you think if we had people in the stands, we'd be hearing more booing? Yep. Right. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Yes, I do. Calais Campbell loves that more people understand his reasons for kneeling in 2020 than they did in 2017. But the murder of Floyd and the lack of charges against police officers in the death of Breonna Taylor have left Campbell feeling that much work needs to be done. On August 31st, the Ravens signed a letter to Senator Mitch McConnell, urging him to bring the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2020 to the Senate floor for a vote.
2: Dear Majority Leader McConnell.
0: Dear Majority Leader McConnell.
2: The undersigned Baltimore Ravens players and staff write to voice our support for the Justice and Policing Act.
3: A bill introduced in the wake of the police-involved killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others in the Black community who have lost their lives at the hands of law enforcement.
0: However, no vote has been taken in the Senate, and President Trump is opposed to the bill, which faces an uphill battle.
3: I wanted to kind of... Put an actual uh, finite point on um, why I'm kneeling. And so, uh, you know, I want the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act passed mm-hmm. and Senate. And really just even brought on to vote, you know, I think would be crucial because it creates uh, the ability to hold police officers accountable.
0: Judon continues to kneel because he still sees a country that needs to do a better job dealing with racism and social injustice.
4: Systemic racism. <laughs> we see that happening every day. And me making it out being a millionaire or a success story doesn't mean that I don't have friends in those communities or doesn't mean that I still don't have family in those communities, those type of red line communities that's still chasing their tail just to pay off some bills. Me, my one success story represents, let's say, 2,500 other black young men that -hmm. will be born in my situation, having to eat school lunch, Having to wear the same clothes, same shoes all year round from the first day of school to the last day of school. Somebody asked Drew Brees about it. You heard how he responded and where his heart was. You can tell the type of people that don't really understand.
0: Benjamin Watson isn't alone in his belief that you can fight for social justice without kneeling. Steve Weiss doesn't kneel in the press box when he covers games. Although he strongly supports individuals having the right to kneel. I stand for the national anthem, right? I have certain beliefs. At the same time, I
1: 100% support those who protest during the national anthem. And so I, I think there are people all across the world like, oh, you're not standing. You know, you're a sucker. You're not down with the car. I don't think that's happening, at least in locker rooms. We hear about that brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And if you're asking someone to support you for kneeling, how can you all of a sudden not support them for not kneeling? And I think, and I think that is a mutual understanding in that locker room brotherhood. You do you, but we're all going to have conversations, which they're having now that can help us be us. And, and, and I think that's a big shift that we've seen in NFL locker rooms and probably, probably locker rooms all throughout professional
0: sports and collegiate sports. You brought it up, Steve, expand on your, on the reasons why you do stand.
1: It's just something I've done for my life. And not that I'm immune to change, but it is just something I believe in. It's probably something traditional, but don't think when I'm standing, (laughs) I am not thinking about my mother and father, who down in Hampton, Virginia, and in Roanoke, Virginia, could not go to schools with white people. My father, who served in the Air Force, didn't have to flee for his life when he was on military bases down in Texas. Okay, these are things I think about. So my standing, yes, it is an honor to me celebrating our country, but it is also me paying homage to people in my family and other people's families of color who've done things and made sacrifices for what they did for this country mm-hmm. to be what it's been. When I hear the stories, my mother, who looks white, who grew up out of Roanoke, Virginia, getting treated like crap by black and white people,
0: Sheesh.
1: right? When, you know, my father, who served this country, had to go through some of the things that he had to know. He wasn't in combat. He was in a, He was a non wartime. But that doesn't mean when he was in military bases in the South, he didn't get treated like crap. Right. You know, when I think of my grandfather, who was the first black magistrate down in Hampton, Virginia, some of the stuff he had to deal with when people coming into his courtroom, not respecting
0: him. Right, surprise. Right, right. So these, these are
1: all of the things. So when I stand, it is not just saying, I'm doing this because this is the way it's always been done. It's me respecting everything people have done for this country from all walks of life to make it what it is.
0: I don't kneel in the press box either, Steve. And let me be honest about why I don't. It's not because I'm against kneeling during the anthem. It's because I don't enjoy being the center of attention. And if I'm the lone reporter kneeling in a press box, then I'd most certainly be drawing attention to myself. However, The older I get, I find myself more willing to leave my comfort zone. I can't ask others to speak out on social injustice and racism if I'm not willing to do so myself. As a result, I'm doing this Black in the NFL podcast. Call this my version of kneeling. I always like to leave you with something to think about, but instead of hearing from me this time, I want you to hear this answer from former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke when asked what he thinks about players kneeling. Several people have called this to my attention, and I think O'Rourke's comments back in 2018 were spot on.
2: Reasonable people can disagree on this issue, let's begin there, and it makes them no less American to come down on a different conclusion on this issue, right? Um, You can feel as a young man does, you can feel as I do, you're every bit as American, all the same. Um, but I'm reminded somebody mentioned reading the the Taylor branch book um, you did um, Parting the waters and the King years and and when you read that book and find out what dr. King and this nonviolent peaceful movement to secure better because they didn't get full civil rights for their fellow Americans the challenges that they faced, those who died in Philadelphia, Mississippi For the crime of trying to be a man trying to be a woman in this country um the the young girls who died in the church bombing um those who were beaten within an inch of their life crossing the edmund pettus bridge in selma alabama with john lewis um those who were punched in the face spat upon dragged out by their collar at the woolworth lunch counter for sitting with white people at the same lunch counter in the same country where their fathers May have bled the same blood on the battlefields uh, of Omaha Beach or Okinawa or anywhere that anyone ever served this country. Um, The freedoms that we have were purchased not just by those in uniform, and they definitely were, but also by those who took their lives into their hands riding those Greyhound buses, the Freedom Riders in the Deep South in the 1960s, who knew full well that they would be arrested, and they were serving time in the Mississippi State Penitentiary Um, Rosa Parks getting from the back of the bus to the front of the bus peaceful nonviolent protests including taking a knee at a football game to point out that black men unarmed black teenagers unarmed and black children unarmed are being killed at a frightening level right now including by members of law enforcement without accountability and without justice. And this problem, as grave as it is, is not going to fix itself. And they're frustrated, frankly, with people like me and those in positions of public trust and power who have been unable to resolve this or bring justice for what has been done and to stop it from continuing to happen in this country. And so, nonviolently, peacefully, While the eyes of this country are watching these games, they take a knee to bring our attention and our focus to this problem to ensure that we fix it. That is why they are doing it. And I can think of nothing more American than to peacefully stand up or take a knee for your rights anytime, anywhere, anyplace. So thank you very much for asking the question. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Black in the NFL. And please join us for episode three entitled Player Politics. Our guests will include Ravens left tackle Ronnie Stanley and former Ravens wide receiver Tori Smith. This podcast was produced by Blue Wire. Noah Eberhard produced and edited the show. Ryan Mink, Michelle Andres, Peter Moses, and Jonathan Yales were executive producers. An additional thanks to Jerry Madelon of Madelon Media for his performance consulting. Tune into the Ravens Podcast Network for two other podcasts, The Lounge, hosted by Garrett Downing and Ryan Mink, and What Happened to That Guy, hosted by John Eisenberg. Thanks for listening. And until we meet again, stay safe and be blessed.